Tailgater Sports. Hey, what's up, everybody? You heard it. It's another episode of Tailgater Sports. My name is Eric Roberts. You may have heard me on What's New with Menace, maybe even mentioned on The Woody Show as Nick Soundwave. It doesn't matter what you call me. I'm just glad you're here listening to us, listening to another episode of Tailgater Sports. With me on the ride here through this next episode of Tailgater Sports, there are the two other guys on my trio. They're riding shotgun for the next about 45 minutes to an hour while we talk sports. The next voice you hear, his name is Randy. He's a Green Bay Packers fan and an Anaheim Ducks fan. How you doing, buddy? That's right. What's up, man? How's it going? It's been a little hectic of a week, but I'm always glad to talk sports. You know, it's uh, it's like the oh yeah, it's like too. the calming influence of my life. You know, it's all hectic, and then I turn on the podcast mic, and we get to talk yeah. about sports for an hour, and it's kind of calming. At this point, talking about sports is kind of like how some people would talk about superheroes before all this madness went down. So it'd be it'd be a conversation that one would you you would think about like oh you know I wonder who would win between Spider Man and I don't know Superman or something. Now it's like I wonder who would win in this game of baseball. Or basketball, since sports basically don't even exist anymore. Right, yeah, there's a lot of hypotheticals to keep people busy, um, and we're trying to keep you guys busy as you listen to us keep ourselves busy. Um, but the third voice on the podcast, the three to our trio, his name is Tyler. He's an Atlanta Falcons fan and an Anaheim Angels fan. What a yeah, weird right. combination. He's our punching bag. Yeah, Let's bring right. him in. How you doing, buddy? Hey, guys. Yeah, I'm doing really well. Just uh, throwing this out there, though. Spider-Man would totally kick Superman's ass. I'm just saying that. Do not at me. Okay. <laughs> Doing, no, at him, at Tyler the Board up on all social media. If yes. you think, uh, if anything he says wrong, actually, throughout the next 45 minutes or so, if he's wrong, at Tyler the Board up on Twitter and Instagram. Randy, where, where, how can they get a hold of you if they disagree with anything you say over the course of this podcast? Oh, you can hit me up at Hey, it's Randall. So it's Hey, it's Randall, but Randall with one L. We've noticed the last couple of episodes, we've gotten really kind of news heavy. I mean, I've talked to mm-hmm. Randy and Tyler after we recorded. It felt like we were doing a newscast, right, guys? We felt a little handcuffed, a little yeah. weight on our shoulders. This isn't what we want it to be. But because of the times, right. because there's no live sporting events to react to, to talk about, we've kind of been forced into talking, being a little newsy, and it's just something we don't want to do. So in order to counteract some of that news-heavy stuff we've been talking about, I mean, we haven't really, I felt like we've come out of the episodes, we haven't had as much fun as we promised we would have with you guys. So mm-hmm. you might have heard me talk about it on the top of the podcast. I hope you did if you're listening. A hundred days away, you might be asking, what does that mean? Guys, we are a hundred days away from the return of NFL football. The regular season oh, is a hundred yeah. days away. How about a round of applause, guys? I'm pumped. I'm just glad. I'm just glad it'll be something to react to. So I feel like the 100-day mark, guys, is a good day to start some NFL coverage. I mean, NFL is king in my book. Uh, it's it's what everybody talks about. Mm-hmm. It's what everybody loves. I think we should end the episode today with maybe a top five rankings with your own personal top five of NFL QBs. What do you think? Okay, I'm down. I'm down. Let's do it. So we're going we're gonna to wrap things up today with some top five QB talk. I'm sure uh, Tyler will work Matt Ryan into the talk somehow, which will be totally discrediting to anything he says from here on out but uh, of course before, but before we get to the qb talk how about we play some sports would you rather's a little tailgater would you rather session let's do it so the first one i'm gonna give you guys would you rather put someone on a poster or would you rather stiff arm someone into the dirt in an nfl game put somebody Ooh. on the poster in the nba stiff arm into the dirt in the nfl what would you guys do what would you rather do i uh, i'm gonna go ahead and say stiff arm into the dirt and a perfect example of what i'm talking about 2017 or it might have been 2017 or 2018 leonard fournette lsu you know what i'm talking about oh, yeah when dude. He stiff arm that oh, dude into oblivion about, yeah the nastiest stiff arm Ever, because if you think about the people who typically stiff arm, you're thinking like Derrick Henry, but those, but he just does it simply because he's massive. Leonard Fournette threw that dude into the ground, 
And so I think I think stiff arm is the perfect choice. So what do, what do you think, Tyler? Would you rather put somebody on a poster in the NBA or put somebody into the dirt with a stiff arm in the NFL? Uh, personally, for me, I would much rather put someone on a poster in the NBA. And my reasoning behind this is a lot of these guys that put people on posters, you say your name or you say their name. And the first thing that you think of is, oh, that's the guy that made the dunker. That's the guy that got posterized. A good example is uh, Sean Kemp used to play for the uh, Seattle Supersonics. As soon as I think of him, the one thing that comes to mind is that he dunks on this one dude and then he gives him the finger guns right after. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. thought that was pretty epic. When I think of Shaq, one of the first memories I think of is him dunking on Chris Dudley and kind of pushing him off to the side. And then Chris Dudley grabs the ball and then throws it back at him. And th- um, it, it's just the poster. To me, it's just more memorable. I also think of... Uh, when I think of Scottie Pippen doing a poster, he dunked on Patrick Ewing and then Patrick Ewing falls to the ground. Scottie Pippen just walks over and Patrick Ewing kind of gets up and pushes him out of the way. Posters for me in the NBA, those are much more memorable because you think of those guys on like a first name basis. I mean, stiff arm is cool and everything. And you're like, oh, yeah, 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 like that guy. But I think there's so many physical hits in football that a stiff arm can tend to get a little lost. Whereas a poster, it's literally put on a poster that you hang in your wall. I'm going to decide to go with put somebody on a poster in the NBA because obviously there's some iconic stiff arms in the NFL, in the NCAA, but there's two components in putting somebody on a poster in the NBA that I think NFL stiff arms don't have. One is a lot of times you're getting in the poster, you're getting a full-on seven-foot, six-foot sweaty man in your face, usually dragging up or down your frontal. Sometimes a ball sack is kind of dangling in in areas you don't want a ball sack dangling, you know? And two, there's a moment after you put somebody on a poster that you don't get in the NFL, unless you're like stiff-arming somebody on a goal line or on at the outer bounds marker, right? You get the chance to stand over them in a lot of instances because you're putting them on a poster, you're getting the two points. Sometimes you're getting an and one, which is even a bigger middle finger to who you just put on a poster. And then you get the chance to stand over them and kind of dog them. And I think that's just an ultimate alpha dog move. I don't know what I would do if somebody put me on a poster. Thankfully, I don't play basketball. And I'm obviously not going to be playing basketball with people who can put me on a poster. So thankfully, my chances of being put on one is is very slim. But I would just never want to get dunked on, dude. I feel like getting dunked on would be so, like, it would shrink my manhood overall just in general. And I I would never pick up a basketball or play basketball again if I got dunked on like that. Remember that video of uh, Shaq dunking on that dude from the Knicks? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he balls yeah. to the face and then pushes him. Yeah. So many of these guys, it's like they're trying to play defense and you can't really fault them because especially when ones they get lobbed and they turn around and they have no idea that this guy is already in the air. Like these guys try so hard and then you're still you're, you're not going to be remembered for trying. You're going to be remembered because you got seven feet of sweaty shack falling down your face after a dunk, you know? OK, tailgater, would you rather number two here, guys? So this is a little more. um Uh, I guess, ideological. This isn't very um, team or sport specific. So this is going to just come down to who you are as a person, I guess, and what you want to paint yourself as here. So would you rather be paid a lot and be on a bad team, or would you rather be paid a little and be on an elite team? Get paid a little and be on an elite team, or Uh get paid a lot and be on a bad team? I think I'm going to go ahead and pull a Mike Trout. You know, he's a really good player on a really crappy team, getting paid lots of money. Hell yeah. And then, you know, just being the face of the team. You know what I mean? Because it's like, hey, sure, we're never going to win anything. We're never going to make it to the playoffs. We're never going to win a championship. But at least I'm getting paid a lot of money and I'm the face of the team. 
and uh, probably my division too. So I'd probably choose bad. Tyler's scrambling right now to figure out how he could take a shot at the Packers or the Ducks here. Okay, first off, look, <laughs> that was uncalled for. <laughs> Second, ready, you keep Mike Trout's name out your mouth, okay? Or Otani. Mike Trout, Otani, or what was it? Oh, no, no, what? Anthony Rendon, right? Didn't you guys sign oh, Anthony Rendon? Right. Anthony Rendon, just, he yeah, just signed there for the huge money. Apparently, apparently oh, all three of them have oh. chosen the lots of money being a crappy team. There route. you go, dude. They pay, get paid look. lots of money, and you don't make the playoffs. Hey, at least you got a lot of money, right? On the bright side, look. at least every time they go up to bat, they get it's, uh, they got to look at that cool little waterfall in the outfield. Look, Randy, I'm going to remember this betrayal. <laughs> I'm going to come at you when you least expect it, okay? I would rather be paid a good chunk of money to be on a crappy team, not because of the money per se, but more because I want to be remembered as my own player. I don't want to be remembered per se as like, part of like a big three or something like that i want to be the one that's like the leader of said big three i don't want to be the one that took a pay cut and joined said big three I, I, that, that kind of makes sense in my mind that's how i've thought about it but i've always wondered like what would an actual athlete i guess a really good example would be like devin booker for the phoenix suns he gets paid a ton of money but his team is absolute crap they are horrible they've been horrible for years so i'd be interesting to see what like a real athlete's answer would be I don't know. I guess I've always been kind of a team player, so I would I wouldn't mind being paid a little to be on an elite team, but I don't think I would pass up the chance to be paid a lot and be on a bad team and try to make that team better as my career went along. Is what I'm is what I'm getting at, I think. Okay, so out of the money talk, this one is going to be an interesting one here because I'm getting it out of the way. I know it eventually would have come up and blown up in my face somehow. So this is going to be a little history lesson for those two who have not heard of these two names, but here you go Randy and Tyler. Would you rather be Steve Bartman or Scott Norwood? For those who don't know, think about it while I give a little history lesson to you guys, okay? So Steve Bartman is a famous fan in Chicago Cubs history. There's a famous photo of him. A foul ball came up, interfered with the play. Chicago was leading 3-0 at the time. An inning later, after he kind of messed up the play, they score eight runs. They ultimately lose the World Series back in, uh, what year was this? In 2003, I think. The curse lived on until a couple years ago. Chicago Cubs lore, right? So Steve Barman, give it a Google search. It's That's kind of the Cliff Notes version. He kind of screwed the Cubs. They ultimately lost the World Series. I'm going to say ultimately lost because of him, but the, he definitely threw a wrench in an almost one game, eighth inning, up 3-0. The inning kept going because he interfered with a foul ball. Google him, Steve Barman, Chicago Cubs, for those who don't know. Scott Norwood, on the other hand, here we go. Buffalo Bills kicker, Super Bowl 25, I believe. Yeah, Super Bowl 25 kicking a field goal, what would have been a game-winning field goal, and he missed. Wide right, famous, famous words. I think this was Super Bowl number two of four they lost in a row. Um, really the only chance they had at one, they got blown out in one. Scott Norwood always will be remembered as the guy who blew the Super Bowl for the Buffalo Bills in Super Bowl 25. wide right. Game winner turns into a game loser. All right, guys, let me, while I recoup here, Steve Bartman or Scott Norwood? I'm going to go ahead and pick uh, Bartman because in the, in the moment, that was terrible. The worst moment of your life, probably the worst couple of years of your life, but they have ultimately won the champ. They had, they have won the world series. So it's kind of like you're, you're basically out of the woods, really. I mean, people probably look back and laugh on it now because they have a world series, whereas the bills haven't been able to getting, haven't been able to win anything since, uh, or really, get to any progress towards the Super Bowl yeah, well, yeah. since Norwood. Why did I pick this one? This sucks. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, honestly, though, when you look at it, as bad as it is, really the question should honestly be Bartman 
or the 2017 Atlanta Falcons? Because if you think about it, <laughs> on one hand, okay. you are you're looking at somebody who's potentially one of the most hated people in Chicago history versus one of the worst uh, teams in Atlanta history and also one of the biggest chokers in NFL history. Are you through there, Randy? <laughs> So my pick is actually going to be the exact opposite of Randy's pick. I would much rather be Scott Norwood. So I've actually seen a documentary on Steve Bartman, and I've seen an ESPN 30 for 30 on those four Super Bowls that the Bills lost. And Scott Norwood, when he missed that kick, yes, people were disappointed. Yes, people were upset. But he was still, because Buffalo is such a small town, he was still like their guy. He was still... I don't want to say a hero, but people still loved him. Like, they didn't want to kill him. Steve Bartman, on the other hand, screwed up the Cubs' chances so badly. And at this point, I think it had been nearly 100 years since they won the World Series. He screwed up so badly that he literally needed police protection for about a month after it happened. This dude couldn't even come out of his house. He couldn't go to work. He couldn't do anything. The entire city wanted to find him and rip his head off. So just thinking about that, I would much rather be Scott Norwood. Yes, I understand that I missed an opportunity for us to win the Super Bowl. At the same time, no one was sending me death threats and no one wanted to kill me. I mean, Scott Norwood did get death threats, but I mean, death threats from people in Buffalo are probably like the nicest death threats you could get. If I think about it, I mean, the people from Buffalo are pretty nice overall. You screw up in Buffalo, eh, you know, they'll be probably mad for a little bit. I mean, 47 yarder, that's not a chip shot either. You know, it was a tough, it was a tough kick and it went wide, right? Sure. It's, you know, people nowadays just assume field goals are kind of just a gimme, but I mean, a 47 yarder is not a chip shot. I would probably go with being Steve Bartman because I feel like at least as an athlete, there's that kind of possibility of, you know, uh, uh, of being human that people will eventually fall back onto. Sure. You're going to be the butt of a lot of jokes. The bills are the butt of a lot of jokes in general. You know, you go to four in a row and you lose all four. That's kind of a butt of a joke just forever until you win one, at least. Even when you do win one, you're still one and four. But being a fan in the in the stands, you know, it's different, man. It's like if you interfere with the, a field of play and you interfere with a play that could have, you know, won you a World Series in Chicago. Like, I wouldn't want to be a fan in Chicago that goes through that. I would you probably have to move. I'm assuming he had to move and leave the town. I mean, I don't, I don't want to be Steve Bartman walking around Chicago after they lose in game seven, however many nights later, you know. Scott Norwood, at least it's like, okay, you know what? You're human. Humans mess up sometimes. Overall, the Bills' history sucks anyways. You're just a footnote on it now. It sucks. All right, so let's move on to the next Would You Rather here, guys, on some tailgater Would You Rather. So this is a fun one here, all right? So your life is on the line, all right? Somebody's got a gun to your head, and you have to pick a scenario, all right? So I'm going to start off with you have six pitches, and you have to strike out. Let's say Randy has to strike out Tyler, and Tyler has to strike out Randy. So six pitches, your life is on the line. Would you rather have six pitches to strike out each other or would you have six Mm -hmm. shots from half court to save your life? I'm going to choose pitches because I'm pretty sure I have a better chance at striking Tyler out than making a half court shot. Really? So you don't think Tyler could take a hack? uh, You know what? Tyler just seems like the kind of guy that if I throw it nice and nice and low, he's going to go digging for a ball. So I'm pretty positive. Not only I can strike him out, but I can strike him out swinging. Tyler, you swinging at balls in the dirt or what? I am not swinging at balls in the dirt. My name is not Vlad Guerrero, so I don't know what you're talking That's about. That's a trip against an Angels look, player. What are you look, doing? I, he did exactly. really well. God. I'm saying I'm not him, okay? So I'm just saying. I'm not him. Let him do, let the professionals handle that. No, okay, so if I'm picking, 
I also think that I could strike out Randy no problem. Really? No one way. better. You guys are so confident I will in your do abilities. Him one better. I will strike him out looking. We got looking. mini golf. We got okay. mini golf on the docket, and we're gonna have to get you guys on a diamond. The fact that Tyler thinks he can strike me out with your bad arm, Tyler. Ah, uh, yeah. Look with your chicken wing arm. With your chicken wing arm. With my bad arm. But here's the thing. What? I don't throw it just over my shoulder like you normally do. You got to get that sidearm. Hold picture, on. You're a side. You're you're saying you throw sidearm side picture. Oh, you my, throw a sidearm picture. I've tried a you little throw, bit sidearm picture. You throw slot. You throw sidearm with an arm that can't even go oh ninety my degrees. God. That, oh dude, my he's god! He's gonna throw it behind you. You're gonna get. You're not gonna have to take a swing because you're gonna get beamed. <laughs> you'll get pegged and you'll take a base I'm, easy. <laughs> I'm gonna throw. I'm gonna hit that wow. ball into into orbit. I'm, right, I'm we'll shocked. See. I expect I'm really, you to hit me with a gone forever if you dude, hit it. Dude, I really thought that this one was going to be too easy. That I was like, okay, everybody's going to pick half-court shot because nobody's going to... My So my concept or my thinking this was is I'm confident in my throwing ability. Maybe I'm not you know, putting gas on it. I'm uh-huh. not throwing curves. But I think I could throw a strike, right? My hang-up yeah, was... Yeah somebody else being in the scenario with a bat taking hacks. You know, if I'm supposed to strike somebody out, uh-huh. I'm a little nervous about somebody just getting connected. Like, I know I have accuracy enough to put it in a glove. I don't know if I have the speed or the, the oomph or, like, the you know, the stuff, they call it, to get it past somebody if my life's on the line. I think I could figure out a half-court shot in six shots. That was my thinking. But you guys' competitiveness just came out, and I love it. I love it. Wow. There's no way Tyler strikes me out. But I, I promise you, I guarantee... I will get him striking out, swinging. Yeah, oh, we're gonna get so we're gonna get mini golf out of this, and we're gonna get we're gonna get a home run derby, hopefully, because hopefully you guys are just ripping them off each other. Six pitches, you guys. Oh yeah, life on the line. You went six pitches over six Look, half court shots. I'm down. I'm down. I'm down. Look, the second that they open, I'm gonna be hitting the batting cage, just trying to get that work then, in. All right. And we learned that Tyler's Uh-oh. a sidearm thrower. Like, come on, this is insane. This is this is the I best. A this is the best arm pitcher one we've done. Right. This is the yeah, best one we've yeah. done. For sure. All right, Greg Maddox, calm down. I'm, I'm gonna have to shake off all the rust. It's been a while. How, yeah, fa- how far sidearm are you? Are you borderline submarine? Are you? I uh, know you can't get down to submarine. Never mind. I, I don't know why I even asked. You're t- you're you're not yeah, a thanks, submarine thanks, thrower. Man. Sorry, my bad. Back, back, like in mid- back in middle school, when I used to pitch, I uh, I pitched submarine, and then I eventually kind of. Uh, Wait, you were a pitcher evolved. in middle school. I pitched submarine, and then when I pitched, you know how Tim Lincecum used to pitch with his back to yeah. the batter, mm-hmm. and then and that's how I used to pitch. Wow! Like, See, I realized so, so Randy's trying to painful. sandbag it a little bit. He has a little more history than I think we realized. Oh yeah, I'm I'm gonna strike thought, him out. I Randy just played football. I'm gonna strike him out. I played seven years of baseball, and the only reason why I didn't play baseball was because I just it didn't look fun, and I regret it. I wish I would have played baseball or football. Seven years of baseball. We are finding out things See, that we never Randy, knew about. Randy Tyler? just Randy just hustled us a little bit. He's like, "Oh yeah, I'll do it." Not telling us why he would do it. He see, he would have walked up, I, maybe stumbled onto the mound, and then just thrown a seventy-five mile per hour gas past Tyler for the first pitch. I'm like, "All right, well, Tyler's dead." When I was in high school, a freshman, <laughs> I used to get invited to my buddy's dad's uh, softball league, where I would just hit moonshots against these what? old people because they didn't realize how hard I could Dude, hit the ball. How am I Tyler, just finding I'm out gonna, about this? Tyler, I'm going to send your pitch to Mars. I'm not even kidding. I'm going to literally hit the ball so goddamn hard and so goddamn far. It's going to take you an hour to go get it. Dude, so I'm, we need I'm to get so a softball team together now. This I've is been all- hustled. You have, dude. You got played, man. Yeah, I was more of an outfielder, uh, but I pitched <laughs> whenever I got the chance to, to be honest. Talent but, caught uh, up to you a little bit. But talent caught up to me a little bit, you know what I mean? But no, honestly, like looking back at it, I, I wish I would have played baseball or football in high school because football made me all messed up and I got hurt. And I always enjoyed baseball because I got to hit the ball really hard 
But um, it, it was kind of one of those like brute strength things. You know, when you hear about those those movies where the coach sees that massive dude in school, he's like, why don't you play sports? Yeah. It's like, I'm too poor to play sports. And then he plays sports into being amazing. That was basically a baseball. I was just like, all right, I'll just like just hit the ball as hard as you can. I'm like, okay, sounds good. That was my thing. But uh, yeah, man, I would have played, I would have played baseball over football in high school if I had the choice to, to go back again. Wow. I mean, we, you guys can come, done so, Tyler. you guys could come to shoot half court shots with me too, if you want, but we got to get you guys oh, on a diamond together. No. We got to get you guys on a diamond. That. This is going to be awesome. Basketball, basketball is my least favorite sport. I'm terrible at it. I am also terrible at basketball, but I will throw up a half court shot. That's fine. I mean, it's not really even doesn't even matter now because we got all this baseball talk and I'm just really intrigued by that. But yeah, I think six shots, I can finally make one. I'm more eager to get you guys on a diamond now than anything. How about we make this a primetime event, Tyler? Let's settle this once and for all. I challenge you to do a trial of athletic challenges. The loser has to buy Eric and the winner lunch and dinner Ooh, and from their locations of their choice. Lunch and dinner. Okay, so we're doing two meals. So we're doing right. mini golf, we're doing half court shots, and we're pitching and hitting balls. Ooh, Ooh a little tell and potentially Olympics, and huh? potentially and potentially some more uh, some more things that we just haven't figured out some yet. Tailgater Olympics brewing. Okay, I think that okay. I like that. I like the Tailgater Olympics idea. So we got three events. Maybe we'll have let's to, do it. We'll have to come up with another even five, another two to round out the, the five events as we progress into summer a little bit. I like it. So we got we got strike it out challenge. Or home run derby, depending on if Randy's that bad, apparently. We got half-court shot, and we got putt-putt golf. I love it. So that's three of five. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll fall into some Tailgater. more challenges here. Tailgater trials. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> so final one, guys. Final would you rather here on Tailgater would you rather, all right? So Mike Tyson back in the news. Old guy, still so, so scary. Jadavian Clowney is famous for a hit where he just destroyed a guy while he was at Southern Carolina playing for the Gamecocks. The Gamecocks. Would you rather take a body punch from Mike Tyson or be on the receiving end of that Jadavian Clowney the hit while he was at Southern Carolina? Damn. Give it a quick Google right now. Jadavian Clowney, Southern Carolina. It will be the first video you'll see, and you will watch it probably seven times. I think it was against Michigan a couple years back. Hits a guy. Bernard Robinson? Yeah, hits a guy in the hole. Pops the guy's helmet off, palms the fumble. It's it's the manliest thing, the most demoral. You talk about demoralizing earlier about poster and stiff arms. Jadavion Clowney right. put this guy into a casket almost. So Mike Tyson yeah. body punch, Jadavion Clowney receiving end of his hit. I'm going to go ahead and choose Jadavion Clowney because he hit Denard Robinson, who's, who was a pretty small, pretty nimble running back. And uh, I mean, he got up from the hit. I mean, I, I feel like the hit looked a lot worse than it actually was. Whereas Tyson... You see the damage he inflicts and the absolute brutality of his of his fighting style. And so I think I'd much rather get hit by Jadavion Clowney than get absolutely rocked by Mike Tyson. I was thinking of a qualifier, like putting it Mike Tyson now versus back in the day. But, dude, I don't know if I'd want to take anything from Mike Tyson now. Dude, some of these warm-up and, like, you know, sparring Never. videos he's popping out now because he's trying to kind of have, like, a rebirth. They're intimidating, bro. I don't know if I'd want to take a shot to the ribs from Mike Tyson ever with him on his deathbed even, honestly. Yeah, I also agree with that for the fact that, you know, Clowney, here's my thinking too. If Clowney's going to hit me, at least I have some sort of padding on to kind of help cushion the blow. It's not going to help a whole lot, but it's going to help a little bit. If Tyson's giving me a straight body shot, 
There's no sense of padding whatsoever. It's going straight into my ribs. It's going straight into my kidneys. I'm going to be peeing blood for a week. <laughs> I'm not down for this. I just have Clowney hit me straight up because at least I have a little bit of cushion in the we're, we're so out of shape, man. That's breaking a rib for sure. It's probably causing internal damage. There's no muscle there. I mean, figure at least he's fighting boxers who like train and take this stuff for their whole lives. He punches, you know, just a normal average Joe off the street. Dude, he might kill us. Like, honestly, he might, like, cause our heart to skip a beat if he takes it to the chest. 100%. My heart will skip a beat out of just fear. Like, if I see Tyson's fist and nutrition. just coming towards my body, nah, whoa, whoa, I'm going whoa, whoa. to hold on. Hold on. hold on. There's something here that needs to be addressed. I'd say maybe give or take a month ago, a few weeks ago, Tyler came out and straight up mm -hmm. said that he could take on Mike Tyson in the fight. Mm -hmm. And I, I think maybe he forgot that he said this, but I vividly remember Tyler saying... I believe I could fight Mike Tyson. Where's uh, where's that confidence I now, man? I believe so too. I think that was in a what's look, new. Look. I think we were talking about Mike Tyson's comeback. That was. I don't know if he said he would fight was. him, but he definitely downplayed the scariness of Mike Tyson. Somebody's circling back on his word here. I think. So you're telling no, me no, 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 you're telling me in a week's time, in a month's time, you suddenly realized that wait a second, that's Mike Tyson. Hold on a second, okay, everybody, okay. calm all right, down. All right. Explain it Look, to us, please. When I said this, first off, I think it was late last year because I know for a fact that I said this before this whole coronavirus stuff happened. So it was either late last year or early this year. It's definitely been more than a month. Second, when I said this, the footage of Tyson just practicing and throwing air jabs at the speed of light that had not been released yet so I was thinking like oh Tyson's old he's probably worn down probably doesn't hit as hard as he used to yeah I could probably take it a bunch I saw that video and immediately regretted my decision so yes of course I'm going to go back on that I, I wish I never said it I would much rather take a hit from Cloudy Tyson scares the hell out of me I don't ever want to be touched by him I don't want to be within 50 yards of him I'm terrified of Mike Tyson. Okay, yeah, I don't dude, want him near me. Those videos of him shadow boxing, I don't know who he's showing, but he's like kind of giving somebody like the 101, kind of showing them what he's doing. <laughs> it's intimidating, dude, even with how, dude, how old is he now? I think he's 53, if I remember reading correctly. So 53 years old, and he's still ridiculously scary for me. I don't care. It's, I, yeah, Jadavian Clowney, meet me in the hole. I'll take the helmet being popped off. I'll be a little demoralized for a little bit. At least he won't break my ribs or, you know, puncture a lung like Mike Tyson probably would. All right, so I think that just about does it with the Would You Rathers guys. I mean, I, we got the Tailgater Olympics out of it. Randy's a baseball phenom that we apparently didn't know. Tyler thinks Mike Tyson is a little bitch. Um, so I think it's all very, very productive here on our first ever round of okay, Would You Rathers. Okay. If you want to weigh in on any of these Would You Rather scenarios, feel free. Mention us on Instagram at Tailgater Sports. If you don't agree with the reasoning we had behind one of our selections, make sure to mention us. I'm at eSoundWave on Instagram. At Hey It's Randall, at Tyler the Board Op. Tell us what you would pick at Tailgater Sports. Jump into the comments section, duke it out like Mike Tyson would, you know, duke it out and probably kill Tyler in the ring. I feel like that was a very, very productive first round of Tailgater Would You Rather. Learned a bunch about Randy, learned a little bit more about Tyler, but now I think it's time to transition into what we teased at the very top of the show. A hundred days away from the start of the NFL season, and I can't be any more excited. So we're going to ramp up our NFL coverage here over the next couple weeks. We're going to start some lists. We're going to start ranking our top five positional players. And let's start with none other than the star of the team. Let's start with our top five QBs in the NFL right now. I'll get it underway with my top five here. So going into my list, these are pretty much what I looked at when it came to ranking my top five, okay? So I looked at their durability. You know, I don't want a QB that's going to 
you know, he's made a glass. He's on the sideline more than he's under center winning games for me, right? I looked at his athleticism. Nowadays, you can't just be a gunslinger. You kind of got to be able to move around. You got to be able to improvise while the play kind of deteriorates around you, right? You can't just stand there, take hits, and sling it. You got to be a dual threat. In 2020, man, you can't just be, you know, you can't just stand there and be Phillip Rivers throwing it awkwardly down the field and hoping your wide receiver comes up and gets it. You got to extend plays. You got to be able to run and move around in the pocket or outside the pocket, I guess. You got to have the clutch gene. It's always the X factor in all your Madden games. You got to be able to go down and win the game when it matters most. You can't go down and lose. You can't throw a pick on the goal line when you're in position to win a game or come back. You got to be able to win games if I'm going to have you in my top five. I want you to be on my NFL team, on my favorite team, right? And finally, you got QB 101. You got to make your throws. Those are pretty much my four criteria that I looked at when I was looking at my top five. So here we go. Just missing it, and I had to do it. It's kind of biased, I know. Number six, Josh Allen. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Boo me. Whatever. Number five on my list, guys. Drew Brees. I don't think anybody is going to argue. He's got the clutch gene. He's got the QB 101. His durability, he kind of gets banged up here and there. And his athleticism could be better, obviously. He's one of the older guys. He's being phased out by these new young studs. Number four on my list is Lamar Jackson, NFL MVP. Okay. Probably should be a little higher, but I mean, those ahead of him, I think I'm going to be able to justify also. Durability is there. He's a young gun. He should be durable. He hasn't really had an injury problem in his career yet. But with his style, I think it might be on the horizon. Hopefully he doesn't fall into it. He's a great guy. I don't want to see him get hurt. Athleticism is there. He's on the run more than he throws almost. Clutch gene. Yeah, right there. That's probably was my hang up. He came up short last year or two years ago now against the, the Chargers. Had a horrible game in the AFC divisional round before he had a chance to go face the Patriots in the championship game. He came up short in the AFC divisional round again this year when they were the powerhouse. They were the team, the sexy mm-hmm. pick to win it all. He came up short against the Tennessee Titans and was upset again on his home field. So his clutch gene's not there. He's really young. That's why I have him at number four, okay? Number three, guys, all right? Now, I'm going to duck after I say this and avoid the pens and papers and the booze, okay? Number three on my top five QB list is Patrick Mahomes. Ooh. Ooh. Really? Right. Lamar Jackson could have been above him because of, you know, he's a little more durable. But Lamar Jackson QB 101, I feel like, is way, way below Patrick Mahomes, right? Patrick Mahomes makes the six throws. He makes the easy throws, right? He just won a Super Bowl. I'm a little nervous about him moving forward, which is why I'm not going to put him number two or number one in my list. Number two on my list, Deshaun Watson. Wow. You don't think so? No, think about not at all. Think about what Deshaun Watson has done while he's in Houston. With one hand tied behind his back with a Bill O'Brien coach, with pretty much the entire NFL chasing him. He had one of the crappiest O-lines in the league, and he still found ways to win, mm-hmm. and he still found ways to do it on the run. With the amount of hits he's taken, he shouldn't be playing. He's he's durable. He's got the clutch gene. He wins games. He's number two on my list, okay? You can, you can hash it out after. And number one. Okay, who's, who's one? Any, any ideas? Any guesses? Aaron Rodgers. Nope. Durability. Get out of here. I'm going to... Take a guess and say Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. Ding, 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 ding. Russell Wilson is my number one QB in the NFL. My personal number one. I know there will be plenty of people who disagree with that. He's got the clutch gene. He's got the durability. He's got the athleticism. He's got the QB 101. He's checks the boxes for me. If I had to go and win a drive, I would probably pick Russell Wilson. My life on the Mm -hmm. line, out of any QB in the league, I would probably go pick Russell Wilson. What he's done in Seattle, 
pretty much in the same situation as Deshaun Watson. You know, it's only him. He doesn't have a running game. How much of Patrick Mahomes is just a result of what he has at KC, you know? I think about Russell Wilson, and you put him at KC, think about what he could do, dude. His deep ball, his throw on the run, his durability, Mm, his clutch game. I'm Russell Wilson's my number one. Okay, I see what you're saying. Any overly major quarrels? I know Patrick Mahomes is probably the sexy pick. Should be number uh-huh. one in a lot of instances. What do you guys think overall, though? I think the only thing that's worth note is just the fact that you put Deshaun Watson so high. Other than that, I mean, I, I wouldn't disagree necessarily with your list. It makes sense. What about you, Tyler? I'm actually also going to agree with Randy, but I'm going to take it one small step further. And when you came to us with this idea of ranking your top five quarterbacks, um, even as an honorable mention, I did not, Deshaun Watson's name did not come to mind at all. I have him nowhere near my top five. He might be like top 10, but he's not top five really? in my opinion. My thing with Deshaun Watson, I kind of I mean, kind of laid it out. I feel like he does so much in Houston with so many things going against him. Like he had, I forget the number, but towards the end of last year, he was like top three on, you know, pressures, under pressure. He's always on the run. And what he does in Houston is, I feel like he's already in the negative with Bill O'Brien running the game. He really doesn't have much outside of DeAndre Hopkins. He's He does so much with so little, I feel. And I feel like if he were to... You throw Deshaun Watson in Patrick Mahomes' scenario in KC. I mean, I don't know if you can stop him. He's durable. He doesn't get hurt. You know? I mean, I don't know. It's it's my list. Whatever. Who's next here? What do we got? Let's let Tyler go next. Tyler, okay. you go second this time. Okay, so for my honorable mention, this is going to come as a surprise, but I will justify it real quick. My honorable mention for number six is actually going to be Dak Prescott in Dallas. Okay. My thinking is is that he's a better quarterback than we all think he is. I think the big problem with his is that he had Jason Garrett as a head coach this whole time. He's durable. He does tend to make mostly smart plays. He has a good core around him. I think that the problems that he's had so far weren't necessarily his fault as a quarterback. I think they were more a fault of his coaching staff. So now that he has Mike McCarthy, who's a very offensive-minded head coach, I think it's going to be like a little bit better for Prescott. So I'm going to put him at number six. Okay. Um, I will I will point out that Tom Brady is not anywhere in my top five. It was tough leaving him off. I don't. I, don't, I kind of looked. It, it had to be done. I kind of looked at Tom Brady too. I'm like trying to find reasons to put him in, just because you know he's Tom Brady. But I'm like he's Tom Brady, but he's not the best. See, I don't feel like he's ever been the best. He might have won a lot, but I don't feel like he's really ever been the best QB in the league when it comes to like talent or you know he he wins. Sure enough, like he wins. Don't get me wrong, six and three in Super Bowls, but. I had the same thought. I'm like, Tom Brady, should I try to work him win? I'm like, nah, he's 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 gone. He's on his way out. All right, go ahead. Sorry, my bad. I mean, there's always been that rumor that he's just a system quarterback in Bill Belichick's system. He's not there anymore, so we'll see what happens. Uh, number five for me is actually going to be Aaron Rodgers. Um, he, for the most part, is durable. Obviously, he's getting a little bit older, so injuries obviously come as, you know, with age. Um, but he's... He knows how to run when he has to. He is incredibly smart when it comes to football IQ. The fact that he just sits there in the huddle, waits a sec, and like every play, he seems to count all the defenders. And if he has 12, he's able to tell the guys, go right, like run to the line right now. We're snapping the ball while they have 12 guys on the field. He's the only person in the NFL I know that does that on a consistent basis. Um, and he makes incredible throws that sometimes I question myself, like how, how did he even make that? He's he's number five on my list. Number four is Russell Wilson, also incredibly durable. As far as I can remember, I don't remember him missing a game. 
doesn't have a whole lot to work with. He's one of the quarterbacks that definitely makes his receivers more than the receivers make the quarterback. I don't think, without Russell Wilson, I don't think you ever would have really heard of Doug Baldwin. I don't think you ever really would have uh, heard of uh, guys like Tyler Lockett. I think Wilson is able to make the receiver. Also has great football IQ, can definitely run, knows where to make the pass, doesn't make that many interceptions. So I have Russell Wilson as number four. Uh, Lamar Jackson, for me, is number three. Durable for now. His style of play will maybe have him get hurt at some point in his career, but we will see. Still learning the ropes as far as football IQ goes. He does sometimes make a couple mistakes, I mean, but he can be better, and he's proven to be better. He already has an MVP under his belt, so he must be doing something right, right? And also, he doesn't have entirely a lot to work with in Baltimore. They don't have any star receivers. They don't have a star running back. It's all a bunch of guys who, like Mark Ingram, not the best running back you think of. Hollywood Brown, Willie Sneed, not the best receivers you think of. I mean, that's why I put uh, Lamar Jackson number three because he's working a lot with a little. Uh, number two on my list is Drew Brees. His, his football IQ is unprecedented. He knows how to make the throw. He also knows how to run when he has to. Um, there's one play I very specifically think of when I think of Drew Brees. It actually happened to be against my Falcons last year. The game, they were losing by a couple. There's two minutes left in the fourth quarter. He, they're in the red zone, and he doesn't see anybody open, so he runs it in, hits two defenders with a spin move, then dives into the end zone for the game-winning touchdown. I hate the Saints, but I have so much respect for Drew Brees. I put him at number two. Number one is Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, I know, Eric, uh, you said that you think it's like the sexy pick. I will agree that it is, but I also think he is the person that deserves to be number one. He's making plays out here that none of us have seen. His football IQ isn't even fully developed yet, and it's already off the charts. I mean, during this offseason, he came out and said that he has barely learned to read defenses. The fact that he wasn't reading defenses before and he's doing all these things is absolutely mind-boggling and incredible. He already has a Super Bowl under his belt, and he's only about three years in the league. Patrick Mahomes is easily the number one choice. Yeah, I mean, I don't have any really complaints there. Do you, Randy? I mean, Dak, number six, is a little little sketch. But I mean, so it's a bit, it's a bit bold. Drew Brees at number right. two is a little a little off the off the cusp, but I mean, when you get destroyed by him in the NFC South for so long, I could see why you'd be a little yeah. drooly. So I don't have any complaints. Drew Brees is a little high, I guess, but I mean, Drew Brees was on my list. It's pretty much the same list, except for you know Dak being in there at six. So let's uh, let's finish it out, Randy. What do you think? Okay, so I'm gonna read off my list first, and then I'm gonna break down each decision. Okay. Okay, let's hear it. Start so from uh, yeah, six to one. Deshaun Watson, followed by Ryan Tannehill. Followed by oh Daniel Jones, David Carr, Sam Darnold, and Aaron Rodgers. And I'll explain why. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Hold on. Give me the list again, real quick. Let me hear the list again. I I, I was so hung up on, on the first like two and I did the rest kind of I almost fell out of my chair. Give me the list again, please. Deshaun Watson, Ryan Tannehill. Okay, I fell out of my chair. Daniel okay. Jones. Okay, all right. David Carr, Sam Darnold. And Aaron Rodgers. And first, and I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you mean Derek Carr, not David Carr, the Derek analyst. Carr. Okay, there you go. Derek Carr. Reason being, all 
four quarterbacks are irrelevant because Aaron Rodgers is number one so and the best quarterback stupid, in oh, the sorry. league. You're so dumb. There it is. No, okay. My actual list is uh, is pretty similar to your guys'. <laughs> it's uh, like, number six. I was like, hold on, hold on. I was about to be so mad, dude. I was like, dude, I, we gave you this. I, we I laid out too. ours. I was like, man, if you really just, just undercut this with a joke, I'm going to be pissed. I'm like, I'm going to make you number put that on a graphic Daniel and put that Jones. out. <laughs> number six on the uh, outside the bubble, I put Deshaun Watson. Although he he did struggle with a lot of things. I feel like the concept of having a mobile quarterback is already something that's very much uh, so integrated into the NFL system. Yeah. It's not something that's new. You know, when Cam Newton came onto the scene, he was the big thing and uh, everyone feared him. Everyone uh, knew. Obviously, Cam Newton's different because he was so massive and mobile, but still, I mean, credit is given where credit's deserved. Deshaun Watson, mobile guy. I mean, I hate to bring it up, Eric, but, you know, Bill's Texans. That was a close game. The Bills should have won that exactly, game, but man. were it not for Deshaun Watson, they would not have. Uh, they wouldn't have won that game. You know, breaking out that tackle. But the idea, the reason why he's on the bubble is because the idea of a mobile quarterback carrying his team isn't revolutionary anymore. It's sort of the. It's sort of the thing. Like if you're a team that's struggling, you want the mobile quarterback because it's like okay, now not only do we have the quarterback on our side, we also have an athletic player who can play as a runner too. So he's good, but he made the bubble. Number five, I gave to Drew Brees. Now, I will admit, it, it was it was a bit of a tough decision, but Drew Brees, I gave it to him. Number one, durability sake, being that it seems that with that hand that he's got and it being messed up, I feel if you're a quarterback, you know, getting hurt on your legs, your ankles, your knees can be problematic. You're throwing the ball with your hand, you know? So if that hand acts up, there's really nothing much you can do about it. You can put a brace on a knee, you can wrap up, uh, you can tape up the ankle, but you can't really do much to secure that hand. So I put him at number five. Number four, I put Lamar Jackson. Now, Lamar Jackson... Revol amazing and I hate to use the word revolutionary because again I go back to talking about Cam Newton and how good he was and I the reason why I keep bringing up Cam instead of putting him in the top five number one had a really bad year and then number two after Cam's first year in the league the NFL defense is adjusted and suddenly he wasn't necessarily a, as big of a town as he was Remember, keep in mind, a lot of these players come into the league and the reason why they do so well their first year is because it's new to NFL coaches. NFL coaches are looking at college players, but they're not studying college players because they don't really know where these players are going. So once a player is integrated into the NFL system for a year, these coaches have ample time to adjust, to uh, set their defenses, and be able to properly equip themselves before they face them. So I do expect Lamar Jackson to have a not necessarily a bad year next year, but not as good as a, or not as good or stellar year as he had this year. Being that the defenses, at least some defenses, will adjust. Yeah, there's more tape on him. Absolutely. So he's at number four. Number three, I'm biased. I gave it to Aaron Rodgers simply simply because I'm biased. I'm a Packers fan, and Packers fans are obligated by God to place their QB in at the top five justified. no matter what the I'm not going to throw is. Josh Allen in my top three because he's Josh Allen on the Bills. You know, At least Aaron Rodgers, you can make an argument for it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously, we could stand here and we can argue about how we got dicked over by our incompetent management for God knows how many years and signing these washed-up, good-for-nothing tight ends and receivers that, are that, could, that could not catch a cold in Alaska, but that's besides the point. The point is that Aaron Rodgers, I feel, with the players he has has really given the Packers life and the fact that they drafted Kevin uh, Kevin Love Jordan Love means absolutely nothing because he's the future and Aaron Rodgers going to teach him how to be the greatest quarterback of all time and uh, number two I went ahead and put uh, Mahomes now I, I do understand your argument regarding him being injury prone however I will say that his injury isn't necessarily one that's sort of a chronic injury when you dislocate your kneecap it's not like you're prone to dislocating your kneecap it's not like you have a bad ankle or you have a 
messed up shoulder. He just had a really unfortunate situation with his knee. Now, uh, what uh, what Ty Bitched had said, or sorry, Tyler said about uh, Andy Reid not properly handling uh, Mahomes, I agree with that too, being that it seemed like he was just injured a few weeks prior, and now suddenly he's back into the team for that final playoff push. So I, I do think that he's a good player. I do also expect, though, for teams to adjust themselves accordingly in order to properly face him. But then again, he is a very good player. So how do you really prepare for that sort of thing? Uh, finally, number one is um, Russell Wilson. I don't think there's another quarterback that I want to lead me onto the field other than Russell Wilson. He's clutch. He's good. He has wins to show for it. It's not his fault his defense can't stop the opposing offenses, but he does a damn good job at trying to carry his offense for what it's worth. You know, he, he makes do with the running back problems. What was it last year? Three running backs in there. They had to bring up Marshawn yeah. Lynch out of retirement. He was what, like 35 and he ran the rock like four times for five yards, but you know, he makes do with what he has. I do expect the Seahawks to have a much better year being that they've, they've drafted better. They've gotten more players unless, but if they don't fix that defense, I doubt they're really going to, they're really going to make any waves, but I would go ahead and say that Russell Wilson is the number one quarterback being that also he's extremely clutch. He knows how to get the job done. And for making that final push in the fourth quarter, he's the guy you want under center. Tyler's list is Dak at number six, Aaron Rodgers at five, Russell Wilson at four, Lamar at three, Drew Brees at two and Mahomes at number one. Randy has Deshaun Watson at six. Drew Brees at five, Lamar Jackson at four, Aaron Rodgers at three, Patrick Mahomes at two, and Russell Wilson at number one. And my list was Josh Allen at six, Drew Brees at five, Lamar Jackson at four, Patty Mahomes at three, Deshaun Watson number two, and Russell Wilson also at number one, like Randy. So we're going to post up a graphic of these hopefully eventually. Get into the comment sections. Let us know at Tailgater Sports what your top five looks like. I'm sure we're going to piss off a lot of people when, when they don't see Patrick Mahomes across the board at number one. I'm really going to piss people off when they see him at number three on my list. But get into the comments section at Tailgater Sports. Let us know what your top five looks like, and maybe we'll jump in and defend our list against you as well. So I think that's it, guys. You got anything? any closing comments here to, to wrap this one up? Uh, we mentioned earlier, would you rather be Scott Norwood or would you rather be Steve Bartman? There are two excellent ESPN documentaries on like I said, the four falls of Buffalo, it is a 30 for 30 on the four Super Bowls that the Buffalo Bills lost. And Scott Norwood is mentioned heavily in those. And if you want to learn more about Steve Bartman, there is an excellent ESPN documentary called Catching Hell. I highly recommend it. Yeah, Go revel in my misery as a Bills fan and watch the four falls of Buffalo. I'll probably cry if I ever watch that again. And what after about you, you're Randy? done with that, remember, remember, remember to tweet at Tyler the Board Up and message Tyler the Board Up on Instagram, twenty eight to three. Twenty to three. I mean, we lost four, <laughs> but we didn't choke away oh, twenty eight to three you. lead. So yeah, remember follow at Tailgater Sports on Instagram. Get in there. Let's hear what your top five looks like. Let us know. I'm on Instagram, eSoundWave. That's hey, it's Rando and Tyler the Board Up. Until next time, guys. Stay safe. Stay clean. Peace out.